Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! This week, I've got Melissa Stuff. Melissa Stoof. She's got an H in there somewhere. S-T-U-H-F-F Stoof. Uh, but I've got Melissa on. She was one of the co-chairs. Yes, there's a theme of the last couple weeks. Last week I had Beth Obble, Bobble on, and uh, this week Melissa. And we recorded these at our little table in the corner in the Exhibit uh, Hall Expo C of TXCTA. So you're going to hear some weird background noises and stuff like that. And I don't think we were interrupted nearly as much as Beth and I were interrupted. We had a little bit of that, but I might keep some of those in so that you can hear the real, you know, the real raw end of being a co-chair for the exhibits. There's not a lot of fascinating stuff. But anyway, not too much to talk about this week. This is going to be a short intro. We do have our hollow Halloween decorations up. Also, uh... Uh, a uh, little bit of a happy Yom Kippur to everybody. Chag Sameach. No, that's Passover. Um, but anyway, yeah, Yom Kippur is this week. As I record this, it is October first. It is chilly in the morning, and uh, not not chilly during the day, but eighties where I am, and it's uh it's just so nice outside. We had a production meeting for Beauty and the Beast yesterday, out. Side, yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, not too much to talk about, like I said, so we're just gonna roll on into it. This is not a long interview. I have noticed when I'm in person, uh, recording an interview, I, there's something I guess we just get through information faster, so the interviews are shorter. I don't really know, or maybe it's just all in my head. But uh, make sure you follow me on the Twitter. I've seen lots of people friend me on Facebook. Feel free to keep doing that. Also, you know, leave a review maybe. The shirt website, which I have put in the uh, description, it is still active. Uh, Somebody bought a shirt this week. It's so cool. Like, it was kind of nice. So if you want to still buy a shirt, there aren't just Minor Wisdom shirts. There are shirts on there. One was designed by my daughter. You can probably tell which one. And then just a couple of handful of fun theater shirts as well. So feel free to go there. Uh, But yeah, that's about it. I hope everybody had a great week. Hope everybody has a great start to October 1st. It is officially, officially, I know like end of August starts, I mean, uh, pumpkin spice stuff, but it is officially pumpkin spice season now, soon to be peppermint season. And it's all because of Starbucks. Hope you guys enjoy this chat with Melissa. She's a wonderful person, uh, much different than, than Beth was last week. Not, not type of person. They're actually rather similar. They'll tell you that. Uh, but Beth teaches at small school. Melissa teaches at big school. So a little bit different perspective, also unique side of things because you'll hear Melissa's story, which affects some of how she just kind of lives her daily life, if you will. So uh, that is interesting. So enough about that. Enjoy this week's uh, episode with Melissa Stuff. So I actually got into education or wanted to be a teacher before I wanted to be a theater teacher. I wanted to be a band director because I moved from Nevada and uh, from an incredible program to a program where 
they were okay with being okay. Um, and I saw quickly the difference between what a great teacher could do and what an okay teacher could do. And I wanted to be a great teacher. And I wanted to be that for students because I, I was a student that started struggling when I moved here. So life went on, went to college, started out as a music ed major, came down with Bell's Palsy, saw uh, junior year, and ended up um, having to quit everything that was very stressful. And so I immediately quit piano because I hated it. And I, was, I had just started taking my minor classes which were my theater classes, because even though they told me I could only be a music education major, I said, but I will have a theater minor, period. I, wanna, I wanted to teach both. Um, and so when the doctor said, you have to quit everything that stresses you out, I wanted to quit everything except my theater classes. Right. Um, and that was kind of a good clue for me to be like, oh wait, maybe I do love one of these things more than the other. And so I changed my major, and my mother was very kind to not panic that I was adding on to an already five-year degree plan. And then I graduated in 2008 when no one was hiring, yeah. <laughs> which was scary. And so, you know, I spent a couple of years, and then I was very lucky to have two people mention my name to our, the former fine arts director in Belton in the same day. Okay. And so I got a phone call, and I interviewed... I got fired from my bank teller job for not coming to work, and then they hired me, and I've been in Belton ever since. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I'm gonna move this a little bit so here's me too. But okay. Because it's all about me. Uh, <laughs> so you you quickly said you played piano, or you you quit playing piano. So was that your? No, so what was I was. Your gateway instrument. Uh, my gateway instrument was flute and piccolo, okay. which I picked up really easy. And then, as an adult, an adult in college, tried to learn piano, and it was so hard for me. And I wasn't used to struggling with music. Why did um, you switch? Well, I, you have to take piano oh, okay, and do okay. a piano proficiency. Is that part of like the theory element? Yes. Of, yeah. Okay. Yep. You have to be able to play, you know, a bunch of basic stuff. Okay. And my hands don't cooperate doing different things for whatever reason on piano. But Piccolo's not easy. No. Yeah. No, but I think because I started learning really young, right? When you learn something like languages, music's yeah. the same way. If you learn young, it's a lot easier. Right. So, and I had played since end of my fifth grade year, and okay. so it was just fun. easier to pick up. I, I literally just had a conversation with the band director of my school about she is a piccolo player, uh -huh. and how it's. If you're a piccolo player, you can pick up other things, but going the opposite direction is difficult. So yes. Like, if you're a flute player, you can be the most badass flute player, but piccolo is going to be a little more difficult. Yeah. Well, it takes more air to play the piccolo than it does to play the tuba. Because half of that air is just gone. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Learning the, new things. The more you know. <laughs> How does, so I didn't know this about Bell's palsy. Um, how does that affect you now? Um, when I get really tired, my face gets droopy okay. still. Um, so my kids know. Do you feel it? Do you know? Um, a little bit. It's a nerve and, thing. and I've got, yeah, and I've got some uh, really interesting tricks. Like when I go to the dentist and they numb my face, 
I can still talk clearly because yeah. I got used to talking without feeling my face. Yeah. So it really freaks out all of my dental Could you assistants. Be a no, I'm not that good. Okay. <laughs> I wish. I wish I could add that to my resume. Come see me next year, TFTTA. Right. I'll be in booth 42, <laughs> teaching you how to come down Bell's palsy and become a ventriloquist. So, the only thing I know about Bell's palsy, well, there's all, there, well, right now it's topical a little bit because of Justin Bieber. He doesn't have Bell's palsy. He has like a form of it. Okay. Have you seen this? No. He's, that's why he had to cancel so many concerts. Or his whole tour actually ended up canceling the whole thing because half his face is just see, paralyzed. and that's exactly what I had. Yeah, but it, but he had said it's like a form of Bell's palsy. Um, I don't know what he had a whole video. Okay. Anyway, this doesn't need to be about JB, but <laughs> beans. But um, okay, it's just fascinating. I didn't know yeah. that about you. Well, and I woke up one morning. I thankfully I was home, and half my face my face felt weird when I put my contacts in. Yeah. And then we had just in an acting class talked about how roles can affect people like in real life. Yeah. And um, someone was talking about Dr. Green, you know, this is early 2000s, Dr. Green. Yeah. And how he knew he had a brain tumor because he couldn't stick his tongue out straight. Yeah. And how someone in real life figured out they needed to go to the doctor because they couldn't stick their tongue out straight. And I couldn't stick my tongue out straight, so I thought I had a brain tumor. It was fun for a couple hours. What's up? Oh. oh. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's that's crazy. I, you know, I, I my my mother had multiple sclerosis, so like yeah, you know, for lack of better terms, Bell's palsy of the legs. For mm -hmm. her. Um, so I get the the nerve thing, and my dad had uh, Parkinson's, so like nerve related illnesses I don't know if you'd call that an illness or not but it's you know nerve related things yeah uh, that's even worse than illnesses um, <clears throat> that always fascinates me I'm always curious about that stuff so. yeah well and they still don't know exactly what causes it because it happens right. to college students old people and pregnant women mostly and people who sleep with fans close to their bed like their face there's a higher instance because they think somehow whatever it is the really? the like virus that causes it really can in, so, so I don't sleep with a fan by my face anymore so watch out you if that's the thing you do do you put it at, like your feet yes okay. <laughs> so are you worried that like you're gonna go numb and you're like that's so weird fans yeah there. that's what my doctor told me so I don't sleep with a fan by my face anymore. Okay. Is your doctor in like a street alley? Or, <laughs> I, mean, he, I mean, now he was a like right? small town. Dr. Ivan's, right? No, it was not Dr. <laughs> Ivan's. Doc, Doc might have known more than the than the small town ER doctor. I make, I make jokes. The Sami. So the stress thing does that is that still a thing you have to deal with? Yeah. So sometimes when I get when I do get really stressed out, my fore I'll have a spot in my forehead that hurts. And or just really tired, and I'll, my eye will start to get droopy, and my contact will dry out faster. Yeah. So that's what, you got to tap out. You, like you know when it's time for bed. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah yeah. And it, I mean, it would take like a week of not enough sleep for it to get really 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 bad. Right. But I can tell when I'm starting to get really tired. If it's been tech week, my yeah. forehead just hurts all week. Do your students know? Yeah. Do they tell you like famous stuff like? Well, it's not, I mean, it's not so drastic that they're like, we have to take care of you right yeah. now, but they'll just be like, ooh, you're yeah. tired. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, I am, yeah. guys. <laughs> so. so honest. I know. And it's out of concern, and it's sweet, but sometimes I'm like, nah, thanks. Have you, have you ever had a student, not necessarily with Bell's Palsy, but have you ever had a student find out they have something, and you kind of are able to say, I've dealt with this, let's talk about Yeah, it. I mean, it's really nice. I, have a, I had a student who was a dancer as well, and she ended up, she had some sort of nerve damage in a foot for a while, and had to stop, because I also had to stop playing my flute. I couldn't obviously play it. And and so that time to just really figure out how to take care of yourself while not doing the thing that you love. And so just being able to, <clears throat> to sit and talk with her and, yeah. and, and talk about how you're gonna be okay. Yeah. It will get better. They told you it's not permanent right yeah. now. It really sucks, but it'll get yeah. better, so. Yeah, I can imagine you have more empathy towards yeah. that type of thing. Uh, well, good. So, how long have you been a teacher now, and, and a theater teacher? So, I'm starting year 12. Okay. Year 12. Same, uh, same place. Same district. Same so, district. Right, six right. years middle school, and then when the high school director was leaving, I didn't want someone crazy to take over. Had you always wanted to go to middle school, or to uh, high school? I mean. Um, not necessarily. I love middle school. Yeah. I mean, I loved middle school. Why? Um, the kids are really fun. There are a lot of high school teachers that are like. I know. You must be crazy. I don't know. They're a little. I'm okay with chaos. Yeah. And and middle schoolers can get really excited yeah. about things. And I think the other thing that I love is when people would come see our shows and say, "I can't believe middle schoolers did that." Right. Like right. you have twelve-year-olds up there, eleven-year-olds. Yeah. It's a little more like of an achievement. Yes. Yeah. And, and my kids ran shows. I made it a point to point out to parents and everyone else that like, I'm about to go sit in the back of the right. cafetorium. Right. They are running the show. Right. This is all them. That's awesome. And it was really fun for people to be like, how did you do that? Right. Like, what was that like them. to have a seven year kid? Because I'm assuming you had a few that-, that Yes, so I had, that. yeah, I had one that stayed with me the entire time. Um, and he graduated year before last, and we both cried really hard. Yeah, I mean, they, they become your kid. Yes. Like your kid, yes, very much so. And it was fun because he was also, um, his senior year, he was prom king and homecoming king, and was like Mr. Cool. But in my classroom, he was just himself. Yeah. So, like, we got to see both sides of him. And that's, I love, I love those kids that feel like they can just. He, you know. Was he your only full seven-year kid? He was my only full seven-year kid, but the year that I moved to the high school, the seniors had been my first set of sixth graders ever. So I got them as sixth graders and then again as seniors, which was really fun. Yeah. So it was it was cool to get to work with them at the end. Now one of them just started his first year teaching theater as a tech director this year. So, yeah, I'm what, very excited. So that, uh, I just asked my my former theater teacher, I had him on weeks ago, about what, what it is that gives him, like, warms his heart. And he said, when my former students become teachers, mm -hmm. would you, I mean, is that? I, yes, that? I kind of cried his first day of school because he sent a text message to myself and Mel Edwards. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I had just put on mascara and I had to text him back and tell him how mad I was because... It's just really exciting to see him like continuing that tradition yeah. and the thought that like, holy crap, I did this thing and now you want to do this thing too. It's kind, of, it's really a huge honor. Right. Where do you go to school? So, 
I'm sorry. Did, where, did he, where did he go to school? He uh, he went to um, up in Denton. Oh, okay. So UNT. UNT. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, they're not. I just realized they're not here. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, a lot of people who aren't yeah. here that I like Texas State either. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Anyway, um, good for you. So, uh, speaking about theater, what is the most fulfilling show you've ever done? Okay, um, this is the right music for me to think to. <laughs> the most fulfilling show. I did a bonkers middle school show called Circus Olympus. And it's basically take circus and Greek gods and Greek stories and put it together. And on my little cafetorium, I had 65 kids. And that was my, right before I moved to the high school. Um, and it was really cool to think that like the first year that I taught, my very first year teaching, I barely had, I had 12 kids in my one act cast. Half of them failed the week before one act. Um, and I had to teach two theater, like two computer classes. Okay as well and that we had taken that program and grown it so much that I had was able to figure out how to put 65 kids on a cafetorium stage right. and all of them feel amazing afterwards how what is what is that like to uh, have to literally transform a space into your theater instead of just walking into a theater so I'm really I was really lucky that we had these super cool tables that turned into benches and you could turn them um, I made my kids do all of the work because um, why why do I need the three janitors to do it yeah. right like I've got 60 kids that can quickly turn all the benches so we did a lot of that work so it was nice it was often a challenge because if we had to rehearse during the day like there's so much extra noise, right. but my kids learned how to project over it. So, um, yeah, that's good. our little, they, they definitely called it the theateria, right? <laughs> it was not the cafetorium. It was the theateria. Um, and so you had to be really creative right. because, you know, it's a little box. I was lucky enough to have curtains. A lot of people don't, right. but you have to really stretch your creativity. There were definitely some times when we would just close the curtain and build stuff on stage because Somehow we weren't supposed to build, but still have sure. sets. Um, so my middle schoolers did a lot of that stuff. Right. I didn't, there was nothing that I was like, oh, you can't do this. I may or may not have rigged a giant circus tent made out of plastic um, tablecloths that was hanging from a random I-beam. Yeah, statute of limitations now, so you Yeah, yeah, so I definitely did not break rules and have kids hold on to a ladder stacked on top of it. This is for an <coughs> on-campus play, not uh, our show, not one act play, not a middle school. Yeah, this is, yeah, 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 this is for on-campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, Circus Olympus, we made a giant circus tent that we hung from an I-beam and a hula hoop. <laughs> so, you know, you got to get creative. Yeah. Are there, are you grateful that you did the middle school track before you did the high school track? Yes. Okay. I, I think it's, easier the schedule is so much easier right 
the pressure was less to figure out how, especially at the very beginning. Yeah. My principle was really great that our first year we did one act. Right. And like I said, I had half my cast fail because I was a first year teacher and I didn't even think to check on that. And so we ended up doing, so we do a middle school UIL festival instead of regular. Right. Um, and so Casey Jones, who was the director at the high school at the time, I called him and not, I said, "Not the guy from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles." <clears throat> no, not that Casey okay. Jones. Oh, yeah. The um, the baseball, the train, the base. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, but he he was like, "Okay." I said, "But I, we said we were going to compete. I, I don't know what to do." Yeah. And so he handed me a copy of um, the Diary of Adam and Eve, and I um, we had three rehearsals and like we called and got all everything done really fast and we did it readers theater style um, and one of one of our like all-star actors who played the dodo bird in the diary of Adam and Eve is now he graduated from uh, Oklahoma City University and is a like working professional actor and it all started with the dodo bird I'm glad, um, I'm glad to hear you didn't peak as the dodo bird yeah in yeah. yeah I mean you know there are some that do, but he just kept, <laughs> he just kept, kept going. soaring. Yeah. Like a bird. Uh, so. What are some things, or maybe a thing, or some things, whatever, that you experienced in middle school one act play that you would love to carry over into UIL high school one act play? Is there anything? Yes. Okay. So we do a festival, and there's one reason why we do a festival, and that's play selection. Okay. Um, because basically when they started, our fine arts director said, I mean, I trust you to select plays that are going to be educational for your students. And so there were years, especially when we were first starting and building that program that we, I was able to do, you know, just some really fun stuff with my kids or do vignette plays because for middle schoolers, that's really, that is a great entry. Yep. Thank you. She even got Doc's signature. <laughs> Using that new temple. Uh... Right, I know. Look how, it, I look so official. Oh, it does look good. Anyway. It looks like I'm supposed to be taking paper. <laughs> so, so, anyway, <laughs> carrying over the festival or the play selection. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like we should be trusted to be able to, because what is considered appropriate and I'm talking like just not just for content appropriate but also like what is considered appropriate for um, like how quote-unquote educational something is is very different depending on schools and especially at the middle school level I've had friends that really struggled to get stuff approved yeah and that's that's hard yeah well especially because now you sign a community standards that says right we, the principals, administrators, mm -hmm. whatever, approve our, our director doing this. Yeah. Like, why not just let them do yeah. something? And yeah. so, yeah, at the high school levels, it's hard because you send something and then it's just waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And you never know, and so you can't move ahead. And yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I understand that they don't. I, I understand that they want to make sure that what we're doing is educationally significant. But the happy scare, scarecrow is on that list. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Well, speaking of somebody, no, I'm just kidding. I've never done it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, but the argument, I guess, to play devil's advocate to that mm -hmm. is that you could say now it's creating levels of, okay, this this school can now do a show that they they know their kids can do, and right. it's a building block. It's kind of like the stupid. I mean, the Tommy Tunes. Said stupid Tommy <laughs> Don't do that. I wouldn't say stupid Tommy Tunes ever, but uh, but it's kind of like that where they've started to try to tier mm -hmm. so that yeah. some of the schools that can't afford big musicals, you know, things like that. So maybe UIL has that. You know, I would say that because I'm I want to ha I have my opinions on design. When I yeah. Not design when I play design U uh, UIL design. Uh, good things, progressive things, not like this is stupid and dumb, but uh, right. it's, I mean, I could I could see because of the building of the community standards um, yeah, take it uh, yeah, I just think that makes sense, that's a good point yeah, yeah. what else, what, is there anything else from that experience? You were quick to answer with that one you, you had, I was, you had that one I, it's, it's the whole reason why we still do a festival so you still do it is still just a, a middle school okay, festival okay. no we do we do real UI quote unquote real well, UIL yeah. and I am um, essentially the contest manager for the middle school now yeah. and we follow every other rule to get those kids prepared you just sorry to cut you off you just gave me we should not to say we should get rid of clinics but why not do like a late February high school festival that has no feedback there's no just fun just to be able to perform your show mm -hmm. without the pressures of the rules but also so that you can do your show right because a lot of us don't do our show for an audience until we're competing yeah and uh and i know some people do their community show before that i get it but not everybody but if we mm -hmm. if you created this hmm hmm right cogwheels so the kids can perform for each other because i think yeah and there's no pressure I have, I mean, I don't love one-act play because of the idea of competitive theater, right. but I love one-act play because Texas theater yeah. is where it is because of one-act, right. so I, I mean, I recognize why it's significant, yeah. but at the same time, and I also, my favorite part is my kids watching other kids perform. Yeah. And my kids being able to say, I really loved when so-and-so did such-and-such and, such and was able to, you know, and watching them be able to give legitimate critiques. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It teaches them, so. yeah, how to be constructively <clears throat> constructively critical of, right. of their craft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is one of our most important jobs, I think. Where, um, what are some things that you do on your campus that you wish you could do with one act play, and I know there are lots of answers to that. Like, I mean, I wish I could have 172 specials, and I wish I could, you know, uh, have uh, a surround sound. I wish I could be backstage or things like that. Uh, which I know there are lots of people that have an opinion about if a coach can sit on the sidelines and yell at their players what to do next or how to, you know, what play to run or yeah. why can't a director be backstage to. No, not necessarily assist, but to, if like something goes wrong, we have, it is all up to our kids. Well, and see, I think that's a strength of theater. It is. I, I no, I yeah. totally understand that, but it's the, 
higher common denominator. It's not. It's yes. The, it's not the lowest common denominator element where, where if a school does struggle, like if there is a school, like you said earlier, the first year you were in middle school, that was like they mm -hmm. were competing, you know, or not competing, but the festival. But like you still put your hands up and it was like it's in your hands, but it's new to them. For for freaking Natasha Tolson or you know somebody that's that's built a program and has a thirty year run. Yeah. I totally understand that, but also equity, equity, equitable. She has to be able to do what we do. But if you're like a new director, and you are with your new kids that have never done this before, it's a new school. Mm -hmm. You know, a new there are lots of new high schools being built all the yes. time, all, all over the place, and those kids just don't know. Well, sucks to suck. Yeah. You know. So things, let, mm. and I don't want you to get in trouble. So don't, you know. Yeah. Think about your words. As much as as much fun as figuring out how to do a seven-minute setup is, sometimes I wish we had a little bit more time. Sure. Because that's bananas. I I did a realistic set for the first time in 2021, mm -hmm. and we did proof. Right. A yeah. lot of people did small cast. I yeah. I triple cast it. Um, and, but it was the first time that I did realism. Sure. And so learning how to set that up. And then last year we did Sweet Surrender. And that's a big yep. set to do with realism. And so having a little bit more time would have been nice because we were learning how to do that. Is that like, that is a skill right. that set up and how to build in order to be able to set right. it quickly. Also, now that rules are getting a little more reasonable and relaxed mm, yeah. you know you are able to do a little bit more than you were 20 years ago yeah. 10 years ago even and so but the one thing that hasn't changed is you still only have seven minutes right but you can do more realistic things mm -hmm. you can you can almost have well people do completely negate the gray if you will yes. they use it but they cover it or they do manipulate it yeah. in some way that but you still only have seven minutes Mm -hmm. Whereas that that seven minutes was initially given to you because really you were only at first supposed to use the set that was given to you. Right, right. So I get that. Yeah, and I I mean sounds like you need to be on a committee. <laughs> anyway, what is your uh, what's a musical that you want to do that you don't think you ever will be able to do? And I know now. Well, can we say what you're doing next year? Yeah. Are you allowed to? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't well, know I mean, like if you had a reveal for your No, kids. no, no. Our kids know. Our kids have known since May. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's been announced so, since May. So doing You're in Town. So we're doing You're in Town. Is that, a, is that a musical that you thought you would never be able to do? No. Okay. okay. Now, myself and the choir director, because we, we direct yeah. together. I'm yeah. really lucky. Like, we have a great team. We have um, our, our band director helps. We have a, a live orchestra, awesome. which is really cool. Because um, that's a whole separate skill to learn how to do for yeah. our kids, and that's fun. Um, so we've known, we we picked it, yeah. and and you're in town is just such a fantastic show and a fantastic story, and I love the all the different genres of music, and I get to talk to my kids about all this yeah. different theater history, and and so we almost didn't get to do it because yeah. of the title. And so, but Tanya and I, who work together, have been waiting. We wanted to be able to do it, but we knew that because of the title, we had to wait until we had some credibility in right. the district. Right. So it's year six for both of us at the high school. 
So did so you we do like it. a presentation on it? Did you have to like, or did, was it just a kind of an email like back and um, forth type of thing or phone conversation? I, ha I had to have a meeting okay. with my with my principal and my who is who is very very did you supportive. Have to prep any, I'm saying like, did you like? Because some people go into it like it's a business meeting and they have a right. PowerPoint and they say we yeah. didn't do a PowerPoint. Okay. We did have like a list of this is why okay. we want to do this show. This is how we're going to market it. That was the big thing. So you came in with ammo, yeah. if you will. Oh yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you know, and and I have the best principal in the state. I will hands down, right. just really incredibly supportive. I couldn't. I mean, even if I wanted to go somewhere else, I couldn't because you can't give up an administration like yeah, I have. Hundred percent agree. Can't, um, can't speak to that. And so they, um, you know, they were really supportive. And this is from above them. It's a big district. The superintendent hasn't been there as long. Um, he actually came in the week before we shut down for COVID. That was his first week. Wow. So, um, you know, he's still learning us and, and yeah. who we are and, and where our, like, standards or whatever sure. lie. And so, I mean, I understand. And he just wants to keep us from getting in into the crosshairs right. of people who are upset right. and so but we're we've got some plans for marketing <laughs> what exactly they Just are a huge penis urinating <laughs> on the city <laughs> yes exactly no nope 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 wait nope. what that's not i mean um, uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so we, i'm gonna go back to the original one then okay. the original question is there a show that you think that you would love to do but you don't know if you now this this though kind of opens your brain up to thinking okay what else could i kind of try to sell that right. might not be something that i thought of before they allowed me to do this right but is there a show that you don't you don't know if you'll ever be able to get to do and not saying in this community just ever overall, ever as an, as an educator uh that you just and don't say like i mean book of mormon obviously Obviously. Like, uh, Avenue Q, so, although HSPVA did Avenue Q, so. Well, there's I mean, that awful yeah. high school version of it. Yeah, there's the high school it. version of it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I love Putnam County, but it's too small. I can't, okay. any of those great little small musicals, yeah. um, <clears throat> we can't do small musicals. Right. Because we want kids to be involved. Right. And I don't want, my one act is where we are super, super choosy, and that's mm -hmm. who I am as a director, right? right. Um, but my fall show that's open to the whole school and my musical that's open to the whole school, we do everything we can to put as many kids on stage. Right. I mean, we don't put everyone, right. but we did Adams and had, I don't know, A million 30 ancestors. ancestors. Yeah. Yeah. And we were only going to have 10 at first. And then we watched them and it ended up so much fun. Did you... Did did you let them create their ancestors? We were really lucky that we were able to borrow some costumes from Natasha Tolleson. Oh, okay. Um, and so, and she just let us borrow them. It's kind of where I got. Yeah. I <clears throat> have followed that, and so I loan a lot of things. That's, that's one thing we're doing right now with Beauty and the Beast is we have quite a few uh, during be our guest, uh, mm -hmm. or not be our guest during um, the opening scene. Oh my god, during Bell. Yeah. The song is called Bell. Um, we're letting kids kind of give some input into, mm -hmm. are you, uh, are, what are you selling? Are you selling pretzels? Right. Or you, you know, what, what kind of vendor are you? Different things like that. Yeah. It's kind of fun to be creative like yeah. that. Yeah. So. Well, and I'm doing Peter and the Starcatcher right now. And so Never like all of, of my, <laughs> all of my, all of my like sailors and seamen are all like having to pick who they are. And mm -hmm. 
I'm a, I could never, I'm not a singer. <laughs> you heard me sing yesterday. I am not a singer. It wasn't that bad. And so when I d did musicals, I was always in the chorus, and I had so much fun, like, deciding who I was and who right. I was friends Back with, and, you know. Um, and so I always tell my chorus kids, like, you have to know who you are, because mm -hmm. your adult is coming to watch you. Yeah. Don't ever think that because you don't have a big old fancy role, you know, your adult's coming for you. So someone will always be watching you. Yeah. My new wisdom.